This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaikul. On Wednesday, OPEC announced one of the biggest cuts to oil production since the start of the pandemic. The group of major oil producers, which is considered aligned with Russia and includes Saudi Arabia, said they will slash oil production by 2 million barrels per day starting in November. That move threatens to push gasoline prices higher just weeks before the midterm elections, and it could disrupt what had been Democrats' growing optimism about how voters are perceiving gas prices. So today we check in with Politico's Ben Lefebvre about why OPEC is cutting oil production, what this means for domestic gas prices, and how the Biden administration is responding. It's Thursday, October 6th. So, Ben, OPEC announced it will slash oil production by 2 million barrels per day. Why are they cutting back? OPEC is saying that they're cutting back because basically oil prices are too low. Their main argument is that at current prices, oil companies around the world, including those in OPEC, aren't going to have enough money to invest in their infrastructure to kind of make sure they can keep producing oil in years and decades to come. There are reasons people are thinking they're doing this. The big one being that Russia is one of the countries aligned with OPEC and kind of like the OPEC plus group. And G7 countries, including the U.S. and other Western European countries, have been talking a lot recently about putting a price cap on how much the maximum amount of money they'll pay for Russian oil to kind of punish it for its invasion of Ukraine. So a lot of folks think that OPEC is basically doing one of its kind of aligned countries a favor and saying, well, if you're going to put a cap on Russia's price, we're going to raise the overall price. And you mentioned slashing production by 2 million barrels a day. A lot of market analysts are skeptical that OPEC, that'll actually be the real world amount that goes out of production. They think that OPEC countries have not been able to meet their targets for a while, like months, and therefore kind of saying we're going to produce 2 million barrels less is taking into account that they weren't producing as much as they had been advertising earlier. And therefore, in the real world, we might see a million barrels a day go offline. Got it. And this move from OPEC seems like it would threaten to push gasoline prices higher domestically. We've already seen gas prices start to creep up already after nearly 100 days of declining prices. Should we expect prices to continue going up? And how much are we talking? Yeah, we should definitely expect prices to go up, but it's going to be a really weird kind of bumpy ride on this. The reason that gasoline prices have been trending higher, like the national average has been trending higher recently, is because there were refinery outages in Ohio, in the West Coast, and we had Hurricane Ian basically cause a lot of damage in Florida. A lot of people were kind of going out and panic buying or running gas stations dry down there. These were all kind of regional issues that were happening These may start going away, like some of these refineries on the West Coast may come back online. Hurricane Ian, you know, damage there is slowly being repaired. So gasoline prices should settle back to normal. So you might actually see a decline in prices in the next week or so. But then this move by OPEC, these cuts are only supposed to start in November will start creeping into the price system. So I've seen analysts say maybe 15 to 20 cents a gallon increase, but that would probably come after a slight or more decrease in the regions that have been hardest hit. 
Right. And we know the president had actually been trying to repair relations with OPEC's leading producer, Saudi Arabia. So was the Biden administration surprised by this decision? What was their reaction? So the White House came out pretty forcefully saying, you know, this is a disappointment. We saw national security advisor Jake Sullivan and Brian Deese over at the National Economic Council come out and say, we're still going to release 10 million barrels out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That'll help bring down prices. This has been a release they had kind of scheduled earlier in the year and that they're going to start talking with Congress on ways to reduce OPEC's price influence. The other thing they're trying to do is really tie OPEC to Russia. They're trying to basically turn OPEC into a partner. This move helps Russia, nobody else. Why would you want to do that, Saudi Arabia? And you just mentioned some of the policy options at the administration's disposal. Are there any others? And when could we see some of those policies actually take effect? There's been a quite a bit of talk recently of the administration taking a look at somehow limiting fuel exports. The administration's argument is basically regional fuel inventories are not where they're supposed to be. We're still exporting 4 million barrels a day or so of gasoline and diesel overseas. Why don't we slow that down or turn off the spigot at least temporarily to build those inventories and therefore give drivers a little bit of a cushion for when you have big events like this OPEC production cut or other things, you know, we'll have a little bit more supply on hand to kind of see us through that. Refiners are really fighting that. They're saying, look, if you shut off the export tap, you might get lower prices in the short term. But what will happen is refiners will say, well, look, if we're not selling as much fuel as we had been, we're going to start slowing down production. And that'll eventually raise prices. But that's probably been the biggest argument we've seen so far as policy is concerned. There's no indication the administration is going to be announcing anything in the next couple of days. But from sources that we've talked to, it is something they're actually taking a look at and not just kind of using a saber rattling. Also, the Biden administration has formally kicked off the first step in the process of implementing Democrats' historic climate and energy bill. On Wednesday, the Treasury Department and IRS issued six notices seeking public input on different incentives under the Inflation Reduction Act. The public has an opportunity to submit both specific answers and general comments about several closely watched incentives. That includes energy generation incentives, credit enhancements, home and building incentives, consumer vehicle credits, manufacturing credits, and credit monetization. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Energy demand is on the rise. That's why Chevron plans to increase its oil production by 15% over 2021 levels in the Permian Basin, all while continuing to reduce both carbon and methane emissions intensities. Learn more at chevron.com slash Permian production.